I appreciate the unity of this church, and I appreciate us all coming together. Amen. And it's, it's great when, when, when people work together for revival, and God is going to bless us with revival. If you'll stand with me today, amen, I'm going to teach to you, amen, a little bit here this morning, and I am excited about what the Lord has given me, and uh, I want to talk about the eye, the eye, amen, yes, the eye, praise God. The eye is probably one of the most important parts of our body is the eye to be able to see. We spend a lot of money on glasses so that we can. I don't spend a lot of money on glasses. I go by Walmart and get them off the little desk thing and find out which one makes me look the best. No, I mean look the best. And uh, praise God. And then I, as long as I can see, I'm good. And uh, I've got so many glasses in so many places. I've got one prescription glass, and uh, I'm not sure which one it is at this point. The only way I know is it's supposed to be a bifocal. And so uh, when I look at you, you all are clear, and when I look at this, it's clear too. Otherwise, praise God. But uh, the eye, the eye. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22, it says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. With the help of the Lord today, I want to talk about the eye. Lord, I love you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for this message. I thank you, Lord, for this people. God, I know, God, without a shadow of a doubt, that I've got the wheel today. And I'm asking you, Lord, to help me, dear Lord, to put this forward. Because if it comes forth, it's going to have to come forth in the Holy Ghost. I'm asking you, Lord, to let it impact the people so that they might have a better life. And God, I'm going to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for all of this. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? You may be seated. If we didn't have the lights, the electrical lights that's in this place today, and we did not have the light that was coming through that window, we would be in total darkness in this place because there's no light. It would be total darkness. And so if those windows did not bring forth light in, When we didn't have, in their day, they had candles. Can you imagine trying to live by candles, trying to read by candles, trying to see by candles? In their day, they had no electric. But in our day, we don't fully understand what he is talking about here because we have electric. We flip lights on, and, and it just makes it what it is. But in their day, when the light went outside, there was no light that was on the inside. And so Jesus was talking about if there's no light that cometh into the eye, then there'll be no light into the body because we are not created to make light with inside of us. Praise God. Jesus was known as the light. In John chapter 8 and verse 12 it says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world, and he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. 
And so when we look at that, we understand that he was talking about if we don't open up and let the Holy Ghost or let the light of God or let the Word of God, which I'm speaking to you, come into our lives, we will not have life. The amazing thing is that there are people that are walking around every day that are living in darkness. They do not have, praise God, the light to see by. We like light. We like to see by. And I don't know if it's an old thing or what, but the older I get, the more light I like. Praise the Lord. Just the other day, I was uh, working, yesterday, I was working in a place, and uh, I got this wee little tab um, off of a, a job that I was doing, and I needed to see it, and there was not enough light in the building, so I had to go outside to look at uh, the tag so that I could see it. The more light, the better that we can see. The Bible says, if your, li- if your eye be single... He was talking about single. Single is just looking at one thing. Praise God. To be single and to be able to look at one thing. It's like a person on a tightrope. If you notice people on the tightrope, they don't look all around. They put their eyes on one fixed object and they do that one fixed object. Because if they look around, they'll get dizzy, praise the Lord, and they'll fall. If you are going to cross a stream on a log and uh, you want to make it from one side of that stream to the other on that log, you will fix your eye on one thing. You don't look down. You don't look around because it gets you so off guard that you'll fall in either position on the tight rope or on the log. Jesus was saying that if you want to make it through life, you're going to fix your eye on one thing. Does anybody know what that one thing is? It's Jesus. Praise the Lord. You fix your eye on one thing, and that is the Lord. People that constantly look around for things in this world to try to sustain themselves. Praise the Lord. They struggle with the fact of uh, being dizzy and, and, and not being able to make it. Praise God. We likewise need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Matter of fact, Hebrews 12 and 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We need to keep our eye on him, amen, and with everything in life. When you're looking at, I'm telling you, it can become very depressing to watch the news. It could be very depressing to watch, amen, the uh, internet and all those things. It can really get you off guard, and it can really make you stumble. It can really make you dizzy. It can really make you, praise God, to where you're not able to sustain life. But if you just keep your eyes on Jesus, keep your eyes on him, fixed on him, amen, I promise you, you'll continue to stand, and you'll continue to make it through. And so, he says, if your eye be single... Amen. Just think about it. Amen. A single-sighted. How messed up is a man that is seeing double? Have you ever seen double? Have you ever had an inner ear infection and all of a sudden you saw things that are double? There are two of things. Praise the Lord. And so single-sighted. The Lord wants us to be, amen, and not being able to see double, amen. 
the whole body shall be full of light. In other words, the better the light is, the better you can see. People are trying to walk through life today, amen, and they're living in darkness. They can't see. You see them, you watch them, and, and, and I am a believer, and this is pretty much where, amen, my specialty is. And that is, and it's just a thing I cut my teeth on. I am a believer that living for the Lord gave me a better life. It not only gave me salvation, but it gives me a better life. And my preaching and my teaching constantly reverts back to the fact that you can have a better life. I I made a podcast called The Way We Think because I believe that the way we think affects the way we live. Amen. And so, uh, you know, it's just a better life. And having the light of the Holy Ghost in our lives, having Jesus in our lives helps me to live a better life. I get up. I think better. I see things clearly. I understand things more clearly. I understand life more clearly. I understand actions more clearly. I understand these things more clearly because I read the Bible and I hear of preaching and I understand the Holy Ghost and I let it live in my life and walk in my life. Do I do things all the time perfectly? No. I still make mistakes. But I promise you, I am much better off because of the light of the Holy Ghost in my life. Is there anybody else out there that feels like that? I said, is there anybody out there that feels like that? God, some of you are just sitting there with your arms crossed looking at me. Hey, man, and obviously you must not feel like that. Does anybody out there feel like that? All right. Praise God. I'm sure you do. You would not be here today. You're dedicated people, and I love you for that. Praise God. You know, someone says, somebody ought to get up here and run around. Well, I don't think that's the way it ought to be put. I think somebody in this place ought to be so excited about Jesus that they would want to get up and run around. Praise God. Amen. Preachers are like, you got to get behind me. Amen. Well, amen. If, you're, if, they're, if you all are excited about what I'm saying, then you will get behind me. Praise the Lord. Amen. I've sat with people at a ball game and watched them get more excited about what's in a church. Or I mean, more excited about the ball game than what's in church. So we need to uh, be excited about the things of God. And that is so true. But it is what God has done in my life. He's put a, a light in my life that has given me a life. But the Bible said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And I believe that God came to, for repentance and baptism and Holy Ghost. Praise God. And I think it was the Apostle Paul that says, you need to go from the foundation of things and understand greater things. And I think some of those greater things is understanding how to live betterly for the Lord. And the way to do that is to have the Holy Ghost in my life. The Holy Ghost not only helps me to be saved, but it helps me in my business. It helps me in my financial dealings. It helps me in my health. It helps me in so many other things because I can make better decisions. There are things that the Holy Ghost has showed me, amen, that I look at other people and I think, you know what? If you just knew this, if you just understood this, if you just saw this, 
And I'm sure there's things that other people look in my life and say, uh, if, you, if the Holy Ghost just opened your eyes. But the point that I'm making is the light of God, when it comes in, it can open your eyes to see so much better things. It starts out with opening your eyes to understanding that you're a sinner. You know, when I go in to do windows in a house, one of the first things I do is I open all the blinds. I turn on all the lights I can. Because if there's anything that's messed up, I want to see it. Because you know what's going to happen, and that is I'm going to do those windows in the dark, and they're going to come in and turn the lights on, and they're going to see things that I should have saw. So I want to see the best. And when you have the light of the Holy Ghost come into your life, it shows you things you're like, whoa, wow. You know, that swearing that I did and never even thought of, that's not good. I need to get rid of that. That lying that I used to do, that, praise God. You know, you can lie, which benefits you at the moment, but in the long run, you know, I tell people all the time, praise God, you can benefit from your lying, but nobody will ever trust you after this. It's destructive. Praise God. You know, you can benefit by stealing something, but nobody's going to trust you after that that knows you stole. Praise God. You can, you know, I could just go on. You get the point. But the thing of it is that oh, that light opens up and lets you see. Praise God. The whole body shall be full of light. In other words, the better the light, the better you can see. The more light we have in our lives, the better we can see to make everyday decisions. Praise the Lord. The better the light. Verse 23 says, But if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If we didn't have lights in this place and there was no light coming through the window, then it would be fully dark in here. So it's the light of the Holy Ghost that takes away the darkness in my life. It says how great that darkness may be. Praise God. Because all that is needed to direct the body is that the eye be fixed right. And that is on the Lord. Fix your eye on Jesus and say, Amen. I will not lie because I love Jesus. I will not steal because I love Jesus. I will not commit adultery because I love Jesus. I will not do this because I love Jesus. It's all because I love Jesus. It's not because the pastor preaches it. It's not because, hey man, you want to be accepted. It's not because you're a Christian. You know, this is a good place for me to inject this. The Lord woke me up one morning, a couple mornings, maybe a week ago. At 3 o'clock in the morning. And he gave me a mental revelation or a me mental thought. And it was not so much my, what my works that God was interested in. He was in my obedience. Praise God. Because let, let me explain it to you. God told Abraham to take his son Isaac down and to sacrifice him. Now that was a pagan ritual. Matter of fact, so many times in the Bible, the Bible says, do not 
offer your sons to the fire, your children to the fire. In other words, don't sacrifice them. But God told Abraham to take his son Isaac down and sacrifice him. Totally opposite of what God had done. And I believe the reason God did it was he wanted to see Abraham be obedient before God could bless him. If you really want God to bless him, be obedient in the Holy Ghost. So it's the obedience that God wants out of us. It's not so, we look at holiness and you think, well, I'm dressed in holiness, I'm talking holiness, I'm acting holiness, I'm being holiness. I, you know, Lord, I have came and I've started a church. I've done my best to preach. I've done my best. That's personally me. But it's not what I did. It's the fact that I was obedient when God called me to do it. He doesn't care about the results. He cares about the obedience. It's all in the obedience. Noah built an ark. Noah did not get anybody on that ark except his family, and he probably ordered them to do it. There was pressure there. But the fact that Noah was obedient to God. You see, amen, amen. Uh, Jonah did not want a revival. He did everything that he could not to have a revival. But Nineveh had a mighty revival. Praise God. And amen. And there are men, amen, who have done everything they could to have a revival. And there was no revival. But the bottom line was they did obedience to what God. So whatever you are doing, be not weary in well-doing. Because in due season, you will reap if you faint not. Just keep being obedient to God. Just keep doing what God tells you to do. Praise God. Because your salvation is not based on your results. It's based on your obedience. Can you say amen to the Lord today? So keep that light coming in. Praise God. Because we've just got to keep our eyes fixed on the Lord. Amen. Because no other light is required. Because basically our hearts have no light to begin with. We darkened people. We need the light of the Holy Ghost to come in. Mark chapter 9 verse 47 says, And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. For it is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast in hell's fire. Praise God. Now we understand, I want to get this right off to begin with, we understand the Lord's not talking about us plucking out our eyes. Praise God. Amen. He's not talking about us. He's not in instructing to pluck an eye out. But what he is doing is he's showing us the importance, praise God, of being saved. It is so important to be saved. If you had to lose an eye, you better lose it. Now, I don't know about you, but my eyes are important to me. Praise God. I like my eyes. And I'm, I'm amazed, praise God, because Samson did not know what to do with his eyes. And so Satan, amen, had to show him what to do with his eyes, and he had them plucked out. Samson's biggest problem was his eyes. He looked. If you read that book of Samuel, he looked, he saw, he wanted, 
And that was it. So the eye is a very important thing, praise God. You men, he men, there are things that you'll see. You know, it's amazing to me. It just blows my mind. You don't have to get on a bad site on the Internet. I did a Google search the other day on, and i got to put this in the right order, ice dams. And what it is is it's when your water melts off the side of your roof. Caleb was struggling with it. I was struggling with it a little bit. We didn't get any water in the house, but some people was getting water in the house. It's when the water melts on the roof because it's warm. It gets down to the overhang and it freezes. And then what happens is the rest of the water has nowhere to go and it dams up and it goes up underneath your shingles and starts into your house. It's called an ice dam. Well, I'm on there looking for pictures of ice dams, praise the Lord. And there's pictures, not bad pictures, not horrible pictures, but there's pictures of women, praise God. I'm thinking, what's that got to do with ice dams? So you have to be careful every day what your eye looks at. And I'm telling you, man, jot your eye away. No matter what it is, just turn it away. We're getting into summer, just you don't want it. Turn, turn your eye away because it's the light of the body. Praise the Lord. And the devil doesn't like that. Amen. And so the eye is the light of the body. And the Bible said if your eye offend thee, pluck it out. You see... As important as the eye is, hand foot is hand and foot, which he talks about that, it is better to lose them than to lose the whole body. In other words, if you struggle with something, if you can't stay off the Internet and not look at things you shouldn't, it's best to get rid of the Internet. If you can't watch TV and not watch things that you can struggle with that, if you struggle with alcoholism, don't go to a restaurant with a bar. Just stay away from it as far as you can. Pluck it out. Get rid of it. Because, amen, it is better for you to miss out on going to a restaurant and having a favorite meal than it is losing out and getting alcohol and getting drunk and not losing out with the Lord. It is better for you not, I'm telling you, the, my computer tremendously helps me in my ministry. It helps me look up things. It helps me. I used to have to write everything out. Now I just copy and paste. And it's just a tremendous blessing to me. But if I could not have that computer and get into things I shouldn't get into, hey man, I wouldn't do it. you got to cut it out. If your eye offend thee, if something gets between you and God, cut it out. You say, you don't know how important it is to me. Yes, I may not. But the one thing I do know, and that is it's not as important as everything else that you're going to lose out with God. Praise God. Amen. It's not worth it. Amen. With what you're going to lose out with God. Praise the Lord. If, if I'm telling you, <clears throat> we all struggle with temptations and different things. If that temptation comes to the point... You can shut your eyes, you can shut your mind, you can say, I'm not going there, I'm not doing that, I'm not thinking that, whether it's anything from anything that you're tempted with, hey man, in the way of lust, or anything that you might be tempted with in the way of depression, in the way of judgment, or whatever. Praise God, you need to be able to shut your eyes, shut your mind, and say, I'm not going there in Jesus' name. All right. That's good. I'm going to pluck it out. 
praise God. But we understand, <clears throat> amen, that sin does not come through the eyes. What sin comes through is your heart. It's the desires of your heart. James says it's the desires of your heart that causes you to want to sin. And so, praise God, it's the desires of the heart. You see, technology is not why we sin, <clears throat> but we can use technology to sin with. In the old days, they used to preach against things like television, and I understand, because back then, amen, television was a horrible thing. But now we have everything from television to internet to anything that you want. You, even on your phone now, you can get things you shouldn't be getting. Praise the Lord. So it's not the technology, it's the sin. And amen. And so we need to pluck it out, whatever it is. Jesus is telling us that it is so important to get right of everything that will cause your body to go to hell. Get rid of everything, I'm sorry, that will cause your body to go to hell. Get rid of it. Just The Bible says, hey man, <clears throat> getting, weight of, getting rid of every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. Get it and get rid of it. Amen. Not, not even full with it. I had a man told me one time, he said, I got some beer in the, in, the, uh, in the refrigerator, and I got it in there. Amen. I never drink it, but I got it in there. Why you got it in there? <laughs> Praise God. Get rid of it. It's, it's a bad witness. If a Christian comes to your house, amen, if I would go to your house and you'd say, get something to drink in the refrigerator, and I struggled with alcoholism, which I don't. Praise God. But if I did and I opened that up, it would be easy for me in the isolation of your home to just get rid of it. Praise God. In other words, amen, get rid of it all. Amen. <clears throat> if Jesus literally meant to pluck out the eye, amen, so we'd get rid of one eye. Think about it. Pluck out the eye. If he literally meant that, why could we not do with this eye what we was doing with this one we plucked out? So he wasn't talking literally about the eye. <clears throat> he was saying, your eye is so important. But it's not as important as the rest of your soul. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're going through, you look at it and you say, this is important. That woman is so important to me that my marriage doesn't matter. No, it's not. That lie is so important to me that the truth does not matter. No, it's not. That thing I'm going to steal is so important to me that my reputation doesn't matter. No, it's not. It's not worth it. As hard as it would be for you to pluck out your eye is as hard as it would be for you to take away that thing that's going to destroy your life. But when the bottom line is there... Amen. Your life is much better than that I. Praise God. Your life is much better than that one thing that seems so important to you. You know, I have a little saying. I'll, tease, I'll teach kids. I'll, I'll pull a quarter out and I'll say, did you know this quarter is bigger than the sun? Yeah, right. No, it is. I can prove it. I can block out the sun with this quarter. And they'll say, well... That's because that quarter is close to your eye. 
And I'm like, yep, and that's because that problem or that situation you're wanting is so close to you, it's bigger than everything else. But in reality, it's not that important. There are some things that I, I come down the road of life that I would like to have, but I think, you know what, that's not that important. I'm not going to destroy my life. I'm not going to destroy my ministry. I'm not going to destroy my relationship with my wife. I'm not going to destroy anything that goes on around my reputation for that one little thing. But people do it every day. People do it every day. And Jesus says, if he man, it's better to get rid of that thing that you're struggling with. It's just a lie. It's just a little lie. Well, what you don't understand is that little lie will destroy your reputation. Because Jesus told them, praise God. He talked about hell. Hell is for eternity. Hell is forever. Revelations 20 and 10. Jesus tells them in the next verse, in 48, he says, Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is quenched. And the words, he quoted these words from Isaiah 66 and 24. When a body is put into the grave and a worm starts to devour it, it will continue to devour and continue to devour and continue to devour until there's nothing left. It's gone. And he's talking about that's what hell is going to be like. It's going to be a continual devouring, 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 devouring. And he's trying to bring them and us to the reality, praise God, that we're living in this world. And right now, so many of these things look important to us right now. But in the end, amen, you know, we're going to look back much like they did Amen. With the rich man of Lazarus and say to, you know, to God say, tell them that this place is not good to be. Amen. Amen. Because, it, you know, these little things look so good. You're going to like this one. After an army chaplain told his men that he did not believe in hell, he was sending them out in war. He said, I don't believe in hell. Some of them suggested that his services were no longer needed. After all, if there is no hell, then why worry about death? But if there is a hell, then the chaplain was leading them astray. Either way, they said, we don't need your services anymore. Praise God. Amen. You know, would we rather endure or I'm sorry, would you rather endure the flames of hell as a lost sinner or the purifying fires of God as a sacrifice unto him? Remember, Satan promises us glory now, but pain comes later. Jesus calls us to suffer now, but then in the end, it is glory and enjoyment in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. You know, we sing that song, it's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. Some glorious, wonderful day. And I know I screwed that one up, but that's all right. It's the way it should have been written if it wasn't written that way.
One more time, God talks about the eye. And this is kind of directed toward us. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 41, it says, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? And, but, praise God, pers, uh, pers, uh, perseverest not the beam, I'm sorry, the beam that is in thine own eye. Either how canst thou say to thy brother, brother, kind of, he was kind of a little bit contradictory there, or not contradictory, but he was kind of sarcastic there. Brother, let me put, let me put the mote that is in thine own eye, then thou be, uh, beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, canst, uh, cast out first the beam that is in thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. The mote that he's talking about here is just a little splinter. The beam that he's talking about is literally a beam. He's saying that a person walks around with a beam in their eye, and they look at somebody with a splinter. Praise the Lord. Why is it that people, amen, out of the church that's not really living for the Lord, that they want that like they should be, why is it that they're constantly critical of the people that are in the church? Why is it that people that are constantly criticizing others are usually guilty of something bigger than themselves or bigger than that? Is it that we don't want the attention on ourselves? I told, uh, and this was many, many years ago, so you'll never, and I don't even, they don't, not the church, so you don't really know them. But I told a mother one day, I said, you know why your children constantly get you upset about their brothers and their sisters? Why? I says, because you leave them alone. She said, you think that's the way it is? I said, I know that's the way it is. They constantly are getting you upset with their brothers and sisters. So you're not picking at them. And that's exactly what they were doing. Praise the Lord. You see, people criticize others because they don't have to think about what their problem is. Amen. And he says, you know, you look across at the splinter in your brother's eye, and he said, and there's a beam sticking out of your own. Can you imagine what they thought when they had the vision of somebody trying to pick a splinter out of their brother's eye, and they got this big beam sticking out their own? Praise God. On one side, self-love blinds us. Our self-love blinds us. Amen. And on the other, envy and malice gives us piercing eyes in retrospect to others. You know, when they came to Jesus and they casted the woman that was caught into adultery, amen, there were men standing around with big beams in their eyes. And I'm sure I'm not minimizing what she did. Let me just say this. You ready for this? Every one of us is struggling with something. Every one of us has got things we need to work on in our lives. We need to understand that. I do. I got things. When you're dealing with someone and, and you're talking about your problem and you're realizing that they're looking down on you, that's not the kind of person you want to talk to. Praise God. They can't handle what you're saying to them because they do not see their own faults. 
But when you're talking to somebody about your problem and they understand and they're not judgmental because they brought that woman that was caught in adultery and I just believe that what Jesus was doing was he was writing out their sins. They were scribes and Pharisees. They were hypocritical. They were self-righteous. Self-righteous people cannot live for God because they're living for God on their own strength. They don't have the power to live for God. The only reason we can live for God is we live on God's strength. The only reason that I'm holy is because the Holy Ghost is working inside me. It's not me. And people that are self-righteous are critical people. They're critical of others. They're constantly, when you talk to them. I took a person out to eat one day. Amen. And before five minutes was up, they were critical with three different people. And I thought, I'm not doing this again. I understand when you're talking about something that you're trying to deal with and you want it fixed. I understand that. But there's a difference when you're just critical with people. And he's saying here, he's saying, you know, there are, there are people that have big beams sticking out their eyes. And they're critical of someone with a splinter in theirs. Praise God. Amen. The illustration of the tree reminds us that the fruit is always true to the character. An apple will pro produce apples. So a loving Christian will produce a loving spirit. And not a bitter spirit. You know, you can have two trees, two fruit trees that are together side by side. Both taking the substance out of the same type of earth. One tree be sweet and the other be bitter. What makes the difference in the fruit? It's the tree. Praise God. I had a, a peach tree that was bigger and beautiful than other trees on the place, but it did not produce fruit, so I cut it out because it was a waste of place, a waste of space. And so, amen. He says here, amen, when we shall have as much zeal to correct ourselves as we have tendency to reprove or correct others, we shall know our own defects better now than we know the ones of our neighbor. Praise God. We really, because you know what? Whatever other people do doesn't really affect me, but my defects affect me my relationship with others. You know, we can constantly make excuses for why we struggle with what we struggle with. But the bottom line is, it's the way we think or the way we do things. Praise the Lord. And he said, you know, when it talks about the eye, he said, there are people in life that they have beams that stick out of their own eye. And they're trying to, you know, you got that beam there. He said it's better to take that beam out or to get rid of that problem so that you might see it more clearly. Amen. So if you get the big beam out, if you get your own problem situations taken care of. And, you know, we're so easy to judge people, but we really don't understand. When you have somebody... It really bothers me when I have somebody that constantly is given opinions so freely. I'm thinking, you don't understand the situation. 
you don't really understand what's going on. Praise God. So be careful. But he says, he talks about the eye. He says, you got a beam. But he says, you, you look at the person with the splinter. Praise God. And, and it's a crazy thing. The question is, how is it that we have the ability to see that splinter in somebody else's eye when we've got this big problem in our own? How can I see that, how can I see that splinter when I got this big thing sticking in my eye? What part of it is it that I, I got, you know, that I, and that's what Jesus is saying here about the eye. Praise God. He, and he's saying, you got this big beam in your eye and you, you can see that little splinter in their eye. Praise the Lord. You know, the amazing thing about us is we can't see our face. You realize that? We don't, I don't really see myself for who I am. Others do, but I don't, I don't see my face. Amen. That's why I need the mirror of God's word to show me. James says, you looketh in the mirror, seeth what kind of man you are. I just preached to you today. I showed you the mirror of God's word. I showed myself. I preach to myself. Preachers, I don't know if you know this, but preachers preach hardest to themselves. It's, it's something that they're trying to do, so they preach hard to others too. And so you take that word of God, you get that mirror, you look at yourself, and you say the, the word of God is preaching to you. When you see something that you need to take care of, don't wait till tomorrow. Nip it in the bug right now. Say, I'm getting rid of that beam. Because that beam is not causing me to see my brother clearly. Praise God. Because maybe it's possibility that that's not. He meant a splinter in their eye. That's just a shadow. But I didn't see it clearly. Because I couldn't see it because of the beam. Because of the big problem that I had. Amen. And the big problem that I had was like the quarter. It took away, amen, the, the sight that I needed to see. So we look at each other, and I'm telling you, if you think you know what your brother is struggling with, you're off. Because you don't. You don't. You don't know. Only God knows. You know, David was a wonderful man. And when, when, when God told Dan, David, he said, I'm going to judge you in three ways. You know what David said? He said, God, I would rather you judge me because I don't trust the judgment of men. I don't trust the judgment of men. Praise the Lord. And so if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. Let's all stand. I'm excited about the service tonight. Praise God. We're going to have a good time in the Lord. God has done so many things. It's about time he gets praised for him. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. And I'm grateful for our different men that are going to come forward and speak tonight. Lord, we love you. We praise you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your word. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to touch God and to move and to be with us. Let us depart from this place, but not your presence. God, bring us back tonight to worship and praise and magnify you. 
And God, we're going to give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen?